Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. As we continue our sermon series from now on, when this, ser- when this series launched uh, three weeks ago, my intent was for us to look at stories in the Bible, the entire series. Look at stories in the Bible where people were launching into new beginnings, new normals. Uh, But the Lord has taken us in a different direction today. We're still going to touch on that theme of new normals, new beginnings. Uh, It's slightly different from what I had in mind when this sermon series launched. But James chapter 5, beginning at verse 13, I'm going to begin reading at the New Living Translation. James chapter 5, beginning at verse number 13. Here's what we find in the Word of God. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Amen. I want to raise a question today. What's up with you? What's up? with you god bless you those of you in the sanctuary please be seated what's up with you again y'all we yet move forward in our current uh, preaching and teaching series from now on the hope is to empower all of us for a new normal of social distancing quarantining face mask and all of that Uh, just another display of how life what we're going through right now y'all is just another display of how life is full of ups and downs twists and turns as the people of God in his kingdom we certainly want to roll with the punches and continue to mature and thrive come what may but some of us may be willing to admit we could do a better job of handling life's ups and downs perhaps this is a season when you declare from now on I will work on how I respond to what comes my way. If that's you, if you're ready to ascend to a new level of glorifying God in any given situation, let's examine some questions James asks in today's text. The first question James asks that I want to examine is in verse 13. James asks, are any of you suffering hardship? Are any of you suffering hardship? I I wonder if any of you have any hardship. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, got hardships. Got you seen that commercial in the ads where it says got milk? 
right? I, I want to know, do you, do, do, you, do you got hardships? I know I should ask, do you have hardships? But uh, I know some of y'all kinfolk talk to you like that. You, you got any hardships? You, you got any money? You got any change? Uh, you got, do you have any hardships? Got hardships? This, this word hardships is also interpreted affliction. Affliction. It means to endure affliction. It means that word hardship, that word affliction, it speaks of being smitten, being attacked by misfortune or evil. Something bad has happened to you when you have hardship, when you have affliction. James asked this question, y'all, as if some as if he expected some of the saints to say, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with some hardships. I'm, I'm dealing with some misfortune. I'm, I'm dealing with affliction. I'm dealing with evil. James is asking as if he's already braced. He's already assuming that a whole lot of his audience would say yes. An answer in the affirmative. And this audience to whom this letter is addressed is one of Jewish descent. He referred to them as, at the beginning of his letter, in James chapter 1. He referred to them as the 12 tribes scattered abroad. They are well acquainted with Roman oppression. They're very, lack, very likely wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in poverty, being persecuted due to their allegiance to Jesus. Uh, they, they know what it's like to be hated and despised because of their status in life, their ethnicity, and their beliefs. Certainly, James' audience faced hardship. None of us should be surprised if any of us is facing hardship. Followers of Jesus know what it's like to go through sinners sinners know the same thing hardship hardship is not isolated to believers only we don't have a monopoly on hard times hard times can find anybody's email address everybody sinners saints black folk white folk rich folk poor folk democrats republicans everybody knows what it's like to have hardships storms misfortune times of trouble as a matter of fact, all of us are dealing with it right now. With this global pandemic, our, our kids in school struggling with virtual learning. Every time you turn around, the school is calling somebody house to let them know there's been another COVID-related instance. I don't need to tell y'all about the ongoing racial tension who, and, and, and who knows what will happen in the days to come now that the re election results are in. All of us in here know a little something about trouble. James, though, James gives us a standard for how to deal with it, how to respond to it. James, how how do we respond when we got trouble? James says, I'm glad you asked. Here's what you do. It's right there in verse 13. Pray, pray. When trouble comes your way, pray. Now, let me ask y'all something. This ain't James asking y'all. This David asking y'all. This pastor asking y'all. Is that how you typically respond to your troubles? Do, do you typically respond to hardship and, and affliction and trouble with prayer? Or do you have a tendency to overreact and blow things out of proportion and panic? Then you got to bring yourself back. Do you have a tendency to look for who's to blame for why you're going through what you're going through? Whether somebody who's in your life now or someone who was in your life who has moved on and you still stuck on something they did to you way back in 94, 95. I wonder who in here would be willing to admit I have to make some improvements in how I respond when trouble comes my way. James says, here's how you handle hardship. Pray, pray, pray. Maybe you need to declare from now on when hardship comes my way. I will pray. I, I will pray. I will, I will pray as if God is able to handle my hardship. 
I will pray as if God is able to turn around whatever it is I'm going through. I want to encourage you to make that resolve in your spirit from now on. When hardship comes my way, I am going to pray. After all, y'all, prayer, prayer helps us deal with our hardships. It helps us deal with uh, when, when life gets disrupted by hard times. And it helps us to do that in a way that glorifies God. Prayer is acknowledging, please hear me, y'all. Prayer is acknowledging the hardship and responding with something productive, something that helps us to move forward. What do worshipers do when hardships come? Worshipers who love God, who are called of God, they pray to God. Responding to tough times when, with prayer is a reflection of tough-mindedness. It's a reflection of tough-mindedness. It ain't a weak. There's not something weak people do when we pray. No. When hard times come our way, we turn to the God who can part red seas, the God who can knock down Jericho walls, the, the God who can, call, who can turn down the thermostat in fiery furnaces. Listen, we're talking to the God who can raise up bodies that were nailed to old rugged crosses and cause them to be resurrected early on a third day morning. I'm saying that it takes a tough mind to say, I'm going to go tell my daddy about this hard time that I'm facing because I know he can handle it. I know he can work it out. I know he can cause all things to work together for good for me because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So listen, you ain't a whip if you resort to your prayer closet. You ain't a spiritual punk if you turn to God and pray about the misfortune and the evil that comes your way. Responding to prayer, responding to, responding to tough times with prayer is a reflection of tough mindedness and tough times tough times call for tough mindedness because it suggests again our God can handle it and let me suggest this before I move on some of us need to do a better job of being real about our hardships and acknowledging times are tough Yes. Do not deny things are hard. Acknowledge hardship is happening. Let me hear. Listen, listen, please hear me. Let me say this to all of you who mean well. I know you mean well. But when you are going through some hardship, some trouble, some storm, some tribulation, some adversity, and you call yourself not claiming it, you ain't doing yourself no good. You don't help yourself when you ain't claiming the cancer. You don't do yourself any good when you ain't claiming the lupus. You don't do yourself any good when you ain't claiming that your spouse done walked out on you. You ain't doing yourself any good when you ain't claiming that you're out of a job. Listen, you, you, you do yourself no great service when you act like you don't want to claim something that's happening to you that is happening. Claim it. Claim it. Acknowledge it is happening. And let me also say this. Don't resort to any type of behavior to escape dealing with rough situations. No need to escape with heroin. No need to escape by getting high with cocaine, marijuana, prescribed painkillers, or a little bit of hen or a little bit of yak. Don't neglect dealing with it by turning to pity and feeling sorry for yourself. Don't act as if, and don't act as if ain't nobody going through but you. Hardship has all of our address. Deal with it in your prayer closet and talk to the Lord as if he can turn things around in your favor. James tells us how to respond to hardship. He, he actually suggests, y'all, in the original language, he's telling us to keep praying. The language that he uses in that verse is, is where he's telling us, keep praying. Let the church say, keep praying. Keep praying through your hardship. Keep praying. Pray without ceasing. Every time you think about it, pray about it. Every time it crosses your mind, 
pray about it. Don't let your problem keep you up at night. Let prayer, if anything, praying about it is what's going to keep you up at night. Yeah, and so, but, but watch this. I'm going to go on now. But James, he tells us to pray, and that's all he says. He doesn't tell us how to pray. He doesn't tell us what to pray for. He, he, he doesn't tell us, he doesn't tell us, pray, pray this. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us what to pray for. And there are a million things to pray for. Some of us may need to pray that we're more mentally tough and have more strength to endure and to, so that we can endure what comes our way. Maybe, maybe it's good to pray for favor in the midst of your storm or, or, or protection in the midst of your storm. Maybe it's good for you to pray, God, I understand I got to go through this, but don't let it crush me. Don't let it kill me don't let it take me out but the big stuff to ask for the stuff on the stuff on the big time list of stuff to ask for in my opinion is to ask God for wisdom when hardship comes your way I think the devil gets nervous more nervous than anything else when you ask God for wisdom God give me wisdom so I don't blow this thing out of proportion give me wisdom so that I don't diminish this thing God don't let me be like folk who refuse to wear masks acting like this thing this COVID thing ain't no big deal when folk are dying from this COVID-19 God help me this, to see this thing for what it is don't let me make more of it than what it is don't let let me reduce it and diminish it to make it less than what it is. We need God's wisdom so that we don't make the hardship worse by how we respond to it than, how it, than what it really is. We need wisdom. So if you have not been doing it, now is the time to declare. From now on, I will respond to hardship with continual prayer. I'll ask God for wisdom to deal with the tough times that come my way. There's a second question James asks as he wants to know what's up with all of us. He asks, uh, not only do you, do you, do you got hardship, but the second question is, got happiness? Got, got happiness? Do you have any happiness? I'm at the end of verse 13, the latter part, the B portion of verse 13. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. That word happy can also be translated merry. It can be translated to be of good cheer. It can be translated to be glad, to be of good courage. It can also be translated, y'all, it can also mean to have a mind that's free of trouble. A mind that's free of trouble. It means to, to have a mind that is well, to have a mind that's absent of worry and strife. And again, just like when he asked the first question, James asked this question as if he expected some of the saints to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Put my name on the happiness list. Yeah, put, if you're making a list of folks' names to put on the glad list, put my name on that list. He expected some of the saints to experience feeling good and, and feeling joyful. I feel sorry for folk who ain't never happy. You ever, you ever bump into some people, man, they ain't ever happy. You, you ain't seen them in a couple of months and you, you ask them how they doing and they, oh, they just give you a laundry list of everything going wrong in their life. And you really, you really, you, you tell them with your sanctified self, I'm praying for you. You know, God is able to turn and just trust God. You know, we just, we're going to hold the, keep the faith, hold your head up. But deep down inside, you're saying, man, it sucks to be you. I just would not want to be, I want to be you for Halloween, dog. I don't even want to, I don't even want to be you. I don't even put a you costume on. You just, I feel sorry for people who never appear to be in a good mood. But happiness is real. As the young folks say, it's a vibe. You can be happy. It's, it's a mood. And it can be a reality even when there is trouble surrounding you. You can have joy in the midst of sorrow. You can have hope 
for your tomorrow. You can have sunshine even while you're dancing in the rain. You can testify of how they hate you, but you can still feel good. You can testify and be sorrow. You, you can testify of how they don't return your calls or your text messages, but you can still feel good. You can be out of work, but still feel good. Anybody with me today? Yeah, they can come for you on social media, but you can still have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost for real, for real. We all ought to know what it's like to be merry, to be happy, to be encouraged. Because besides, as Cynthia Nelms says, nobody really cares if you're miserable, so you might as well be happy. I don't believe that's absolutely true, but it was a cool quote, so I thought I'd share it with you. But out of curiosity, let me ask y'all something. This ain't James asking, this Dave asking, this, pa this pastor asking y'all. Is there an ungodly, unhealthy way of dealing with gladness? Because James told us if you're glad, then sing praises. I, I suppose that one can deal with uh, gladness in an ungodly, in an unhealthy way when you take all the credit for all the good stuff that's happening in your life. I, I believe that, that, that one glad person can look down on another miserable person and act like it's all, it's all the miserable person's fault that they're miserable. But sometimes misery can find your address when it ain't nobody's fault. There's no one to blame. You just feel like crap. They, you can have people in your life who can look down on you because of what you're going through and they can lack empathy and, and, and support and understanding that hardships happen to everybody. One unhealthy, listen, it can be unhealthy when you're taking all the credit for how well your finances are. You take all the credit for how good your health is. When you take all the credit for how good your marriage is and how good your business is. Listen, I believe it's a whole bunch of folk. I wouldn't be surprised if some of y'all would testify of how things in your life can turn from good to bad in a heartbeat. I think that's the story of a lot of people in the midst of this pandemic. Well, before the pandemic, they were doing well. But as soon as this pandemic hit, things turned from one degree of goodness to another. Things turned 180 degrees in their lives. But James has a question. You got happiness? You got happiness? And the, he's, he's assuming that many of the saints would answer yes. But I want to ask y'all another question. And, and with James' question, I, has anybody besides me? Ever, ever wrestled with this question and your answer was, no, I'm not happy. I'm not feeling good. I, I'm, 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 I'm not joyful. I'm, I'm not glad. I've, I've had seasons even here recently where my answer was no, no. And what is, and perhaps, perhaps the unhappy person should pray as one who is experiencing hardship. But what if the unhappy person isn't experiencing any misfortune? Or evil? What if the unhappy person prayed, but they're still unhappy? Perhaps they can pray or praise until they feel better. Maybe, maybe they could praise until they feel better. But what if they've been praising for years and they still, they still ain't happy? It is not as if the, as, as if, as if the unhappy person is forbidden to praise if they're unhappy. But what, what if they pray and they praise and they, they still ain't happy? Let, let me ask y'all something. What, what if your teenager has been praying and praising, but they still ain't happy? What, what if your senior who's about to go to the college of their dreams, Spelman or Morehouse or FAMU or Howard, and they got scholarships more than what they ever could have imagined, but they still ain't happy? What, what if your spouse has everything and more that you ever could have given them, but they still ain't happy? What if you have been getting everything you want and more, you even get the just because stuff, and you still 
still ain't happy. What do you do when you're unhappy and you can't put your finger on why? You just, you just ain't feeling up to snuff. Does James give us instructions for what, what we are to do when we have that kind of thing going on? Maybe, maybe his next question can help us with that. The third question I want to bring before you is in verse number 14. In verse 14, James asks, you got sickness? You, is, is you got some sickness? Look at verse 14. Are any of you sick? Are any of you weak? Are any of you laboring under disease? That's what that word sickness means. It means to be weak. Laboring under disease. It, 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 can, it can even give the picture that, that maybe, maybe you're too weak to keep moving on. You, you're too weak to keep going. James tells us what to do. Look at this. He says, if you're sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. You got sickness? James asked this question as if he's expecting some of the saints to say, yeah, yeah, I'm sick. I'm sick. So what are the sick to do? What, what are the sick to do? He says, call for the elders of the church. But Pastor Clark, you said, you said that when you're not happy and you've been praying and you've been praising, maybe, maybe what James says in verse 14 could be my solution. And yet it can because look, look at what James says. James says, when you're sick, go get some help. Reach out for some help. James, what am I to do when I'm sick, when I'm weak, when I'm laboring under, under, under disease? James says, here's what you do. Go get some help. He talked as if he expected some folk to be sick. He, he said that as if he expected some folk to literally reach out and get some help. Are y'all praying with me today? He says, you take the initiative and go get some help. Is this an area in your life where you need improvement, reaching out for help when you're weak? When you're sick, when you're not operating at your optimal physical or mental health, if it is, declare from now on. Well, from now on, when I ain't feeling my best, whether it's physical or emotional, I'm going to reach out and get some help. From now on, when I'm not feeling good, when I'm not feeling glad, and I've been praying, and I still can't shake that depression, and I've been praising, and I still can't shake that depression, from now on, I'm going to reach out and get some help. Listen, some of y'all know I had to do it. When I couldn't pray it off me and keep it off me. When I couldn't praise it out of me and keep it out of me. When I couldn't preach it out of me and keep it off me. I, I had to reach out and get some help. When my answer was for a long time, no, I'm not happy. I, I had to reach out and get some help. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking the same thing I was thinking. Maybe you don't think depression is being sick. If you're depressed... You are battling a mental illness. It doesn't mean you need to be put on medication. It doesn't mean it does not mean that you need to be institutionalized. But if listen, just as physically, physically, when your body is not up to up to its optimal performance, physically, you're dealing with some sort of sickness, some sort of condition that maybe medical attention, professional attention from people who are qualified to see about that thing. If you see it, if you go and reach out to them, they can probably help you with that. Same thing with mental illness. Same thing with depression. Same thing with anxiety. Sometimes, y'all, we need to reach out for help. But if we don't see ourselves as being sick, we'll never do it. Or if we allow our pride to get in the way, 
will never do it. Is anybody praying with me today? Yes. Amen. If you are not happy and you don't know why, and you praise, you pray, you, you're void of joy, you're void of encouragement, you're void of happiness, go get some help. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time dealing with losing a loved one and not being there with them when they passed away, feel free to get some help. If you're battling depression, if you're battling guilt for, because you weren't there, go get some help. If you're battling survivor's guilt because you made it and they did not, go get some help. Go get some help. Go get some help. Let me hear you say, go get some help. If you're having a really hard time battling loneliness in this season or being haunted by something you did in the past or just the stress of carrying a heavy load. Ah, oh God, listen, take off your superhero cape. Take the S off your chest. Stop trying to prove you're OK when you're really not OK and go get some help. Stop worrying about what other people might think. Stop worrying about what other people might say about you and go get some help. From now on, let's make reaching out for help normal. Going to see a therapist needs to become just as normal as getting a mammogram or a COVID test. Yeah, when you tell, you tell people that you, you, some of y'all, you tell people when you're going to get a mammogram. It ain't no big deal. You don't tell folks, I'm going to get a mammogram. They go, oh, my God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, you're getting a mammogram. Is everything okay? No, that's why you're getting a mammogram, to make sure everything is okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, I would have appointments with my therapist, and I'd tell my staff, I'm going, to, I'm going to see my therapist. I'll be back in a little while. All right, Pastor, see you when you get back. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. So if you got hardship, if you got, listen, if you have hardship, if you lack happiness, if you're sick physically, mentally, emotionally, Go get some help. Go get some help. And check this out. I love this. My God. James told us, if you have hardship, pray. And he talked as if you can pray for yourself and by yourself. He said, if you got happiness, you can praise. And he said it as if you can praise for yourself, by yourself. But then when he asked, if you got sickness, he says, go get some help. If I'm, if I'm dealing with hardship, I can pray for myself. I can pray by myself. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm happy, I can praise God for how good he's been to me, and I can praise him by myself. If ain't nobody else going to praise him. I can praise him by myself. But James says, but if you're sick, sometimes you need to reach out for some help. Hallelujah. Ain't that good news? Ain't that good news? It's just like this. I've shared this with y'all. It's just like this. Have you ever had a cold and you got some over-the-counter cough medicine and a couple of days later you were straight? Over-the-counter medicine, over-the-counter stuff to help you reduce your fever, to help you with your congestion. You just went to a store, bought some stuff over-the-counter. You took it for a couple of days. A couple of days later you back to normal. Anybody ever been there? I know, I know some of y'all been there. But at the same time, have you ever had something and you took all the over-the-counter stuff, all of grandmama's remedies? You, you, listen, you drank more hot toddies than you probably should have and still couldn't get any better. Anybody ever been there? You had to go see a doctor to get something stronger, some antibiotics or some type of prescribed medication. And some of it may have had that codeine on it, some of that stuff, right? Some of that strong stuff. Yeah. Uh, reaching out for help is just like that. I had to resolve. I am trying to self-medicate by praying for myself and by myself. 
I am trying to self-medicate with some over-the-counter prayer, over-the-counter praise, and sometimes as powerful as prayer can be, as powerful and awesome as God is, sometimes you're dealing with some stuff where prayer and praise is over-the-counter medicine. You need to go see somebody and get the good stuff. Bless his name. Go get the good stuff. And reaching out for help is not a sign of weakness. In fact, it too is a sign of mental toughness. The really, really tough persons are tough enough to admit when they need help moving forward. So James asks, you got sickness? And he asks again as if he's expecting some folk to say, yeah, here's what you do. Go get some help. Go get some help. Go get some help from people who, can, who are qualified to help you. Go get some help from people who will pray for you. Bless his holy name. And then he says, we can be healed. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You go see the right people who can pray and who can probe and ask the right questions. And maybe if you need medication, get the medication. The end game, y'all, is to be healed. When he said healed, he says, he says that we can, be, we can be saved. In other words, we can be made safe from the harm of illness. The prayers of others can benefit us. They can get us healed. They can get us delivered. And finally, James has, James has one more question. One more question. He's already asked, uh, got hardness, got hardship, pray. Got happiness, praise. You got sickness, go get some help. And finally, number four, he asks, got sin? Got sin? I wonder how many folk got up and walked out when they got to that verse. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. So that you may be healed. The earnest prayer. Earnest prayer of a righteous person. Has great power. And produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly. That no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again. The sky sent down rain. And the earth began to yield its crops. James asks. If we have sin. As if he expects some of us. If not all of us to answer. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to put somebody's name, if you're putting folks' name on the sin, done sin list, got, got struggles with sin list, if you're putting folks' name on that list, put my name on that list, James. Might have to texting James. Put my name on that list. He encourages confession. Look at verse 16. Confess your sins. Some translations say confess your faults. He encourages confession. He, infer he encourages full, frank transparency he, he he he's promoting transparency for kingdom folk people in the kingdom of God ought to be transparent with one another be transparent in a culture that promotes transparency and trust James talked as though he expected us to have situations that are too much for us to handle but yet have atmospheres where there is trust so we can be transparent so don't be so ready to condemn confessors don't be so ready to gossip and spread confessions that were committed to your trust. We need this in our churches. We need this in our families. Transparency and trust. Allow me to point out something important here, y'all. Confessing and being prayed for, are, 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 uh, confessing and being prayed for conveys, watch this, that we are not alone. James talks as though a whole lot of folks would have sins to confess. So you're not alone in your struggle with sin. You are not alone with your hardship. You're not alone with your happiness. You are not alone with your sickness. You are not alone with your sin. You are not alone. You ain't the only one struggling. You might be the only one courageous enough to admit it. You ain't the only one struggling. I pray that you get that from folks in the kingdom and in your, in, in your family. You ain't the only one struggling. 
And watch this, what James says. James has a progression here. He teaches us that after we confess, the next thing that's to happen is that we are to be prayed for. Some of us need to learn how to pray and not pry. Some of us we could do, can help people get healed and help people move forward if we do a better job praying and not prying. The end game when we have sins to confess is to be healed. Healed. Chess has an end game. Chess has an end game. The end game in chess is checkmate. Not to, not, not to get all of your opponent's pieces. The, the end game in chess is not whoever has the most of their opponent's pieces wins. No, whoever, checkmate, whoever checkmates their opponent, they win the game. Checkmate is the, end of, is the end game. That's the goal. Healing when it comes to struggling with our sin. Listen, healing is the end game. So confess with the desire to be healed, the desire to be delivered, the desire to be totally brought out of that bondage in your life. Confess as one who wants to, con who wants to overcome whatever you're confessing. Confess with the end game in mind. And believe, James is telling us, and believe God will heal you. Believe God will save you. Believe God will forgive you. Believe God will restore you. Believe that, believe that God will do it for you. Why? Why, James? Because he did it for Elijah. And James is saying, Elijah ain't no different from you. Then he brought out an instance of something that happened in, in Elijah's life. He said, Elijah is no different from you. Elijah is the same kind of cat as you are. And Elijah, Elijah is just like you where he prayed that it would not rain. And for three and a half years, it did not rain. But then J Elijah pray prayed again that it would rain. And, th and then it rained. And James is saying, Elijah ain't no different from you. God heard his prayers just like he'll hear yours. God answered his prayers just like he'll answer yours. But that's just one instance from Elijah's life. Let me bring up another one that makes it clear that Elijah ain't no different from me. Some of y'all may remember when Elijah was up under that juniper tree, battling depression, and he didn't want to live no more. He asked God, take my life. I wish I had some help. He prayed, asked God, take my life. Elijah ain't no different from you. And God heard him. God answered him. And God did not take his life. God answered his prayer and gave him more life. God answered his prayer and gave him greater vigor for life. God answered his prayer, blessed him to take a nap. An angel came. It wasn't an angel from Africa. But it was an angel who came, baked him a cake. Baked Elijah a cake. He told Elijah, Elijah, the journey is too great for you. Elijah, the future that God has in store for you requires more strength than you have now. So that's why I'm here to minister to you so that you can get up from where you are stronger than when you lay down. Elijah, God sent me here to answer your prayer because he sees your weakness. He sees how you want to be faithful. He sees how you're frustrated. He sees how you're tired. He sees how you're responding to your stress and your frustration. And he sees Here's how you want to give up, but God ain't gave up on you. God says to all of us, Elijah ain't no different from you. God will respond to you just like he did Elijah. So if you got some sin in your life, if you're struggling with some sin, God says you can confess it and it is, it is a possibility for you to be healed. Somebody needs to declare from now on, from now on, I'm not going to act like I'm the only one with some sin struggles. From now on, I'm not going to look down on myself because I'm struggling with sin. From now on, I'm, instead of keeping it to myself, let me find somebody that I can trust who ain't going to pry, but they're going to pray. If I've been hanging around the wrong Christians, the wrong 
wrong follow let me get some other ones if i've been confessing to folk who take my stuff and twist it and blow it out of proportion and tell folk they ain't got no business telling i'm not gonna give up on the body of christ no i'm just gonna find me some new friends that i can open up and talk to and confess so i can be healed i got to be healed I got to be made whole I got to move forward The same type of anointing that Elijah had I can have The same type of favor Elijah had I can have The same type of destiny Elijah had I can have The same type of works Elijah did I can do Oh but as a matter of fact Wasn't it Jesus who told us In greater works than these You shall I got greater work to do I got greater miracles to manifest I got greater doors to walk through I got greater devils to fight I got greater work to do I got to be healed I got to get stronger I got to move forward and sometimes you just got to resolve from now on from now on I'll just choose my friends more carefully from now on I'll just be more I'll just be wiser in who I open up and confess to from now on because I ain't gonna walk around with all this stuff bottled up on the inside of me I'm not not just it's not gonna happen James talks to us as if we are to confess and that we can be healed. Gives us Elijah as an example. Mm, you ain't, he ain't no different from you. He ain't no different from you. Let me plant this seed in somebody. I'm done, Antoine. I'm done. Let me plant this seed in somebody's heart who may, maybe this can help you like it helps me. When I see other people who seem to be doing way better than I'm doing. When I see other pastors who have much larger platforms than I have, you know, I got to tell myself, they ain't no different from you. They ain't no different from you. I ain't going to lie. I got to tell myself, they ain't no different from you. They ain't no better than you. They ain't no different from you. I tell myself, you just praise God for what you got. <laughs> you be faithful with what you got. They ain't no different from you. And sometimes with our struggles, that's what we have to tell ourselves. The same person God is blessing, the same person that God is elevating, the same person that, that look like they're blowing up and all got it going on, they ain't no different from you. They ain't no different. Confess your sins. Don't keep it to yourself. From now on, from now on, resolve that you're going to be vibrant. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be healed. If you've got to do a better job handling life's ups and downs, then do that. Let's mature in how we handle all of the ups and downs, the hardships, the happiness, the sadness, the depression, the sickness, and the sin. And in the midst of it all is a God, a God, that no matter what's up with us, <laughs> God is up to something. No matter what's up with you, God is up to something. No matter what's up with you, God is up to something something good something marvelous something wonderful something beautiful something mind-blowing no matter what's up with you hardship happiness sickness or sin god is up to something this has been dr david anthony clark of the union grove missionary baptist church of Warner robbins georgia we thank you for listening if you ever in the middle georgia area Please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.